Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Danielle Kobo. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on your show. Can you share with us a little bit about what you do and what let you down this path? Yeah, so I served in corporate America for 14 years. And I had a very exciting and successful career in corporate America. You know, I had the opportunity to work with some of the top companies, Fortune 100 companies and and leading in leadership roles and leading a team. And when COVID hit, it really opened my eyes to what my passion is and what I love to do. And I really took kind of an inventory and said, okay, what do I love doing with my job? And what do I not so much of my favorite things to do? And so I, when I left corporate America, I actually started a career coaching business And so I coach professionals on how to attract their dream job, how to earn the income they're worth, and to create the life they desire. Because a lot of professionals really challenge, and I've I've been there myself, where we challenge with, you know, go, go, go all the time, you know, continuously building and developing your career and wanting to be successful. And sometimes what happens is we burn ourselves out. And so I also support in doing workshops on transitioning burnout to fired up and creating balance in your life. Mm, Amazing. Can you tell me about a time that you've hit burnout yourself and what that experience was like for you? Oh, well, there's been a couple of (laughs) times. The first time that I really experienced burnout, I was in my mid-20s. I was working for a, a very reputable company. And what I really started to notice was the physical effects. And oftentimes, it takes the physical effects to actually realize that we've probably had the emotional effects for a really long time. Mm. And I noticed there was, it was always third quarter in my sales cycle where I would break out in full hives on my chest. Mm. And you know, I live in United States. So third quarter for us is in the summer. So here I am, you know, in 90 degree weather wearing this almost turtleneck, you know, top because I didn't, I was a little insecure about my hives, you know, with these red bumps is kind of gross. And so that was one aspect that I noticed with burnout. I noticed that I had a really hard time focusing and keeping engaged and I was always exhausted. I always felt overwhelmed. I I really suffered from anxiety and getting those knots in my stomach. And, you know, that was one time. And as my life has progressed, where I've added on more and more and more to my plate, it really progressed over the years where it took a toll on my gut. And this is where the eye opening for me was. You know, there was my husband had joined the military. I had just started this new job. I was traveling all the time and I was very overwhelmed. And what I noticed, this was my aha moment, was my stomach continuously felt pain. 
And I couldn't figure out what it was. And, and there was this one evening where we were coming home from seeing my family. And I literally put my seat all the way down. I turned myself over and so that I was laying stomach down so that the seat heater could be on my stomach. Mm. I was in that much pain and the warmth that really soothed it. And I realized at that moment, there's something greater going on. There, there is definitely some things in my life that are creating this because I am way too young. You know, I was in my early thirties at the time. I was way too young to be having this type of physical effect on me. You know, also I noticed like my hair was falling out, my skin was breaking out. And that's kind of my start to the journey of really investing in time to research how I can create balance in my life. And it's a variety of things, whether it's a morning routine, exercising, evening routine, time management. I mean, there's such a plethora of resources that I've learned over the years that I really honed in on these skills because Mm. my plate is heavier now. I'm juggling more plates. I'm a mom, I'm a wife. um, I've got, you know, four-year-old twins. So I've got much more on my plate and yet I actually have better balance in my life. Mm. You've learned some lessons along the way, which is great. Mm. How do you manage your time and energy effectively today? So the first thing that I do, and I would say to anybody, give yourself compassion because what works for me may be working different for somebody else or what may works for me today may be different at a different point in our lives. And so, you know, when in 2019, my husband was deployed for a year, he was serving overseas my twins at the time were a year and a half and I was traveling 60% of the time. So I was doing overnight travel every week. At that time, my morning routine was sleeping in a little bit longer than I normally was, you know, and that's what my body needed at the time. Now that my husband's back and I have a little bit more support, my morning routine is I get on my Peloton bike. I wake up in the morning. I do not go straight to my phone. I wake up in the morning. I jump on my Peloton bike and I exercise to get my endorphins going. I drink a lot of water. And then as I'm getting ready throughout the morning, I listen to inspirational podcasts. I love starting my day with inspiration. Mm. And um, that's really how I kind of start my morning. I, I start my morning with intention and purpose. Yeah, fantastic. I love that. And do you have a, a similar type uh, wind down ritual in the evenings? Yes. So wind down is something that I challenge that I definitely is a little bit more challenging for me. Um, I am definitely, you know, as I've, I have a lot of ideas, especially now that I'm a business owner that are constantly running around. So the one thing that I do is I carry a journal with me everywhere I go, everywhere I go, I carry a journal with me so that if I have an idea I get to write it down. And it's, it's so that way it doesn't like take up my mind and my mind running all the time. And then I go, okay, I've written that idea down. Now I can go ahead and schedule a time to like really put words to that. I have do not disturb on my phone. So my phone automatically goes on do not disturb at certain hours. I've created a favorites list so that my friends and my family can contact me during those hours. But I actually don't get email notifications. I don't get those random sales calls during those hours because that's my time. 
That's yeah. my time with my family and my time. I have a, a little notification that reminds me that it's time to go to bed. Good. <laughs> it says, yeah. you know, wind down time. Um, and then the other thing is, is I end my day with my devotional because I found that my anxiety throughout the day is sometimes filled with, you know, these limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves in our head on what we can and can't do. And so I start my day with inspiration and then I end my day with reading about my purpose and journaling my thoughts through the day and what my intention is and my purpose through life is and the impact that I want to make. So I really end my day with grounding myself. Mm. Mm, I love that. Wonderful. Do you do some journaling then as well? So I would say I read, (laughs) there's this journal that I have, it's devotional. It says, believing bigger. Mm -hmm. It is a, a, it's a Bible verse. And then I have my devotional and then it's got a question. I wouldn't say I fill it out all the time, but just reading it really supports me in being grounded Mm -hmm. and really releasing because a lot of it's on living your purpose and living your life. And it says, okay, you may not have all the answers now, but you are, you are here for a greater purpose. And I truly believe that. So that's where I take that information. I don't Mm -hmm. always write the the comments in it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, that's great. And lovely way to finish off your day too, just setting those intentions and checking in with yourself as well. Yeah. Wonderful. So what do you do now when you start to feel a little bit overwhelmed or stressed? Do you have things that kind of set off little alarm bells for you that say, hey, it's time to pull back again? Yes. So really staying in tune with your body. So where I notice the most when I feel overwhelmed is my stomach starts to feel like it gets nuts in it. And I start to just kind of tense up a little, my shoulders get raised a little bit and I'm like, okay. So I first say, what's triggering this? Like I acknowledge the emotion. I think it's really important to acknowledge that emotion, whether it's stress or overwhelmed or tired, um, disconnected, it's important to acknowledge it not to just say, oh, I'm going to push through it. Mm -hmm. So I acknowledge that emotion. And then I, I really try to identify what's triggering it. And is it because I need to reschedule something? Is it because I need to just kind of take a moment of clarity? And once I identify what's triggering it, then I give myself, I, I do a breathing technique where I breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out, for four seconds and then hold it again. I do that three times. And then I give myself five seconds to say, I'm going to move forward now. So all in all, it takes just maybe a couple minutes, but just going through that process has made a drastic difference in my life and really transitioning that anxiety to fulfillment and purpose and moving past it to say, okay, I get to move forward. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. And something that you can do, you know, almost anywhere, which is great as well, which is what we all need. Something that's accessible if we're feeling those feelings of stress and overwhelm. Yeah. Yeah. So what does your downtime look like? You obviously have a pretty busy job and, (laughs) you know, managing work and uh, four-year-old twins as well. It's quite quite a to-do list I would imagine so what does your downtime look like when you get to really take care of yourself and and rest 
So my downtime is a couple things. When I get done with my work throughout the day, I give myself an hour of like transitional time between work and dinner and bedtime routine and getting them ready. So my boys and I, the first thing I do is, okay, let's go outside. I don't care if it's hot, if it's cold. Today, for example, we went over to the splash park and we were playing in the splash park. I want that hour to be like just fun. Yeah. And that's part of my self-care because I get to spend quality time with my kids. And I get to have fun too. You know, I, I played soccer today with my kids. You know, it was fun. So that's an aspect of my self-care is just kind of reminding myself that you can still be a kid again. Doesn't matter yeah. what age, what number you are. Definitely. Other things that I do is I definitely get massages that that supports me as well. Um, getting all those knots out. And I enjoy going to the pool and the beach and exploring new things. So I really challenge myself, my family to say, okay, we choose one day where we're going to explore a new place where, you know, we've been in Florida for five, five, six years, and there's still so many places we haven't been. So we challenge ourselves to explore somewhere new one day. And then the other day is our family day where we relax and we just kind of hang around the house and do family dinner and do that kind of stuff. So that's part of my self-care Yeah, and exercising. I enjoy my little morning time on my bike by myself. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's great. So Danielle, what did you want to be growing up? Ooh. So first I wanted to be a realtor. Yeah. And I actually have a Christmas ornament for my mom gave me because I wanted to be a realtor. And then I realized you had to work weekends. And I said, okay, that's <laughs> it. I'm not going to be a realtor. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) I was like, no, I don't want to work weekends. I cherish my weekends. And so then, you know, my mom was very inspiring in the sense that she had a very, she sacrificed a lot. She was a single mom and she sacrificed a lot to support me. And, and she was a single mom while going to get her bachelor's degree while being a waitress until she branched into medical sales. And so I really followed in her footsteps. I knew that once I got to college, I was like, I want to be in medical sales. I saw what she got to do and I wanted to do it. So I kind of knew in an early age that I wanted to be in medical sales. There was a brief moment where I thought I wanted to be a psychologist. Yeah. And then I realized I'd be listening to people's problems all day. And I, was yeah. like, oh, I don't know if I want that. Yeah. I don't know if I want to take on that, that energy. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, so I kind of knew in an early age, I wanted to do medical sales and I enjoyed every aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. So what are you most excited about in your life right now? So I am most excited about this new endeavor that I'm taking. When I really reflected back and said, okay, what do I love about my job? When I was in a leadership role, it was what I love to do was I got to support people on my team and creating their career plan. You know, where do you want to be this year when you're with your goals and where do you want to be three years, five years from now and really creating that plan mm. and mentoring people into, you know, working for different companies. And so what I didn't like about that job <laughs> was I didn't like getting on people for doing their expense reports or constantly yeah. putting out fires or forecasting. I was like, okay, that's not really what I want to do. So what I'm most excited about is this journey that I get to take where I have had so many incredible clients that I've worked with. And the most exciting part is when I get that call, it says, I got the job and we get to negotiate their offer letter. And so 
that's something I'm really excited about. I'm really excited to stretch myself into leading more workshops and keynote speaking. And I am pursuing a TED talk. So I have, yeah. So I'm pursuing a TED talk. I actually released kind of my, my letter. It's a, a daughter's love letter to a mother taken by suicide. So my mom actually committed suicide in 2020. Sorry to hear that. And thank you. And so it's really my love letter to her. And it's my love letter and exploring some of the challenges that we've had. You know, my mom was bipolar as much as she was very successful. She was also bipolar. And so we kind of had some, some challenges. And I really talk about how you choose to live your life, how you choose to, what emotions you choose to carry on throughout your life and how your challenges in your life shape you into who you are. And so that's where I'm really excited to pursue this, this opportunity. Sounds like it would be um, quite a, uh, I guess, a, a challenging, a wonderful and a cathartic experience all in one to be able to, you know, share those parts of your story and, um, you know, the, what you've been through and the healing process you, you, you'd be working through for some time. Yeah, it's definitely, I, I wouldn't say that this was an easy letter to write. I've, yeah. I've for several, several years. So my mom actually, my mom actually kidnapped me when I was, when I was younger. So I didn't meet my dad till I was older. I held on to a lot of resentment and a lot of anger. And actually that fed into a lot of the burnout to me too. I was holding on to all of this. I was choosing to hold on to these emotions that have really held me back for a lot of years. And, and so when I, I did a lot of personal development to get to this point, but when I learned to release and choose how I, what emotions I carry on moving forward, it's incredible how that really released a lot of that anxiety for me as well and brought joy into my life. And obviously I wish my mom was still here. There's no doubt about that, but it's been a very healing process mm. as I've been writing this letter. And I, I've really opened my heart up. I, I really had to let my guard down <laughs> to share this, um, but it's been good for me as well. And, and I hope that I get to support somebody else who's feeling the same way. Oh, absolutely. And, and just knowing that, your honesty and your vulnerability in sharing your story will absolutely help others for sure. I think uh, it says a lot about who you are and perhaps your personality that you've been able to turn such a heartbreaking experience into something positive. So, yeah, well done to you. I'm sure it hasn't been uh, an easy decision to go down this path. No, lots of tears, lots Mm. of tears. And it's, you know, opened up and it's also supported and opening up some conversations with my dad. But, you know, like I said, through this journey, it really has impacted my mental and emotional well-being. And so what I would encourage anybody to do is if you are holding on to any negative emotions to identify what it is, what's triggering it, and how can you take accountability and responsibility for those emotions? Because once you can release those, that's also a way that you can transition yourself from burnout. Mm. It's a very important part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So 
Can you tell me what brings you joy in your life right now? Obviously, you know, doing the work that you do and working with some amazing clients and and this experience and this writing that you've been able to do since losing your mum, I'd imagine you'd have lots of different things on the go, but what brings you the most joy? Oh, so first and foremost, my four-year-old twin boys. <laughs> yeah. I would say four is a tough age, I'm finding out, but no, they they definitely bring me a lot of joy. They they keep me grounded. They keep me feeling like a kid again. Yeah. That brings me joy, spending time with my family. And I would say, you know, exploring new places. I really it's been really hard for me during COVID to I'm I'm such a traveler. I enjoy traveling new places, so I'm really mm. looking forward to some vacations that I've planned. Yeah. And yeah, and that yeah. And so you know, just exploring different areas, that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah, wonderful. What's something you've done that you're most proud of? Hmm. I would say what I'm most proud of is that year when my husband was deployed. Mm. He was deployed for a year. Our twins were a year and a half and I was traveling. And initially when he told me that he was going to be deployed, I initially said, I'm going to have to quit my job. I'm going to have to quit my job. And it really took a second for me to say, okay, don't, don't make an emotional decision today when you don't ever know what tomorrow is going to bring. So I said, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to take a day at, day at a time. And if it gets to a point where I need to quit my job, I can make that decision then. I don't need to be making it right now. Yeah. And the reason why I'm most proud of that experience is because I learned through that experience my power and my capability. There's a running joke that when your spouse gets deployed, everything breaks. I mean, my garage door broke, my dishwasher (laughs) broke. I mean, everything was breaking around my house. It it always happens. Yeah. And I got to learn just the power that I have deep down inside on that I can accomplish anything I want in my life if I really put my heart and soul and really believe in myself. And so that was a really, um, it was a very very inspiring time during my life. And it's definitely something I'm proud of to really have gone through that. Yeah. Amazing. I would be too. I can only imagine how tough that would have been knowing that you were going to managing kids on your own and, you know, life and work and house and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, I would be incredibly proud of getting through that as well and coming out stronger for sure. Yeah. Well, I know there's a lot of single moms out there and single parents out there that know exactly what I'm talking about because you know you guys do it. Single parents out there do it day in and day out. So I got a, a little bit of a taste of it. Yeah, yeah. And I have the utmost respect for single parents because mm. it is a lot. Yeah. So what are you most grateful for right now, Danielle? What I'm most grateful for is interesting enough because I just went through this exercise. I'm, I'm part of this leadership program. And they had us write down 25 things we're most grateful for. And, you know, first it started with, you know, my kids and my family. And I always, I'm extremely grateful for the fact that I have a home because there's been times where I didn't have stability in my upbringing. And once I got kind of down to number 10, I started to really be grateful for the emotions that I have. Mm. I've always held up a guard for so long in my life. And for the first time that I get to choose to be vulnerable, to be passionate, 
to be free from these negative feelings I've held on for years, I, I, that's actually what I'm most grateful for right now. Because when I, it is, when you get to really choose the emotions that you carry on with your life, it's incredible the impact that it makes on your life. And more importantly, the impact that it makes on other people's lives. Mm. So yeah, wonderful. What an, an incredible exercise to have been able to do. Yeah, it was an interesting exercise because what I thought I would put down is very different than what I ended up putting down. But yeah, I and mean, that's probably that magic number too, because, you know, typically someone might say, what are you grateful for? And you'd, you'd go for the first things that you'd naturally think of. Like you mentioned family, you know, house friends, relationships, that sort of thing. But perhaps it's getting through that longer list and, and asking, yeah, some of the, the, I guess, the least obvious things might pop up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And finally, Danielle, what's one piece of advice you'd share with someone who's listening today who's going through burnout themselves? Oh, one piece of advice because there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would say the most pivotal moments in my life where I really questioned whether I can do something because of burnout. The two things that I learned was ask for help. It is okay to ask for help. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we take on so much in our lives and people want to help, but they don't know how to help. Mm. And we do ourselves a disservice by not asking. And we also do that other individual a disservice by not asking because it's actually your endorphins get going more when you give versus when you receive. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not asking for help, you're not, you're giving that person a disservice from that opportunity to really, you know, get those endorphins going, feel so grateful to be wanted. And so that would be one thing. And in addition to that is learn also how to set boundaries. So you can say yes to things while also setting boundaries. So, you know, there's been times where, you know, if somebody reaches out to you to attend an event, you can say, yes, thank you so much for inviting me. Let me check my schedule and see if I have availability. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, thank you so much for inviting me. I would love to come. I have a commitment that day. Definitely think about me next time. So there's a way that you can always lead with yes, <laughs> while also setting some boundaries for yourself, because that's extremely important that you really set boundaries for yourself. Mm, I love that tip because we do often talk about boundaries on this show, but I've never heard it pitched that way before that it's possible to actually say yes when you're saying no, or you're saying yes, but you know, kind of leaving it open to the possibility that it might not happen so uh, that's great because yeah. I think a lot of people do struggle with saying no they feel like they're letting someone down or you know themselves down or whatever it is so I do like that idea of, of saying you know yes thank you for the invite I'll see if I can do that or um yeah or not so that's great that really applied to me and I would say this too if, if anyone's in a career I had a fear that if I said no to extra projects that I wouldn't be advancing my career. If I said no, that I, people wouldn't see me as like, oh, well, Shiri says no. So I learned to say, thank you so much for thinking about me for this project. I have a time, I, I absolutely want to help. And I have something that's time sensitive right now. So can I start it next week? Is that okay? And if 
perhaps you, you know, can't fulfill it within the time state, then you get to say, yes, I want to help. Let me direct you into somebody who might be able to support you and still meet within that timeline. So Mm, saying yes while setting boundaries is key. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. Well, Danielle, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Danielle Kobo. If you are looking for some support with managing or avoiding burnout, the Breaking Up With Burnout mini course is available now. You'll get access to three modules that cover life, work and burnout, which you can move through at your own pace. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more or go to theburnoutclub.com slash breakingupwithburnout. And I'll chat to you very soon. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.